So good morning. Good to see you. I, uh, those pictures that they put up there, that, that guy, <laughs> I can't believe they hired that guy. That, that was me. You probably didn't even know. I didn't even know. <laughs> I was like, wow. So uh, we have been doing Blessing the Bay Area for a while, apparently, and uh, we're going to do it again. <clears throat> and uh, I hope that you'll sign up and be a part of that. It's a really big deal. We get to bless people all over the 4V area right here where we live, and uh, I hope that you'll be able to be a part. Um, okay, so we are in this series called The Unexplainable Life. We've been talking about the life of Elijah and Elisha. And today we're going to look at kind of a concept that's in the scripture, but I think people misunderstand, and it's the concept of the spirit of Elijah, right? So it's mentioned a couple times in the Bible, we're going to look at it here, and then we're going to discuss, except I'm going to be the only one talking, and you're going to be listening. So stand with me if you will, and uh, we're going to look at Malachi 4, 5, and 6. And then Luke chapter 1, 16 and 17. Malachi 4, 5 and 6. And then Luke 1, 16 and 17. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And then in Luke chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, it says, And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. You can be seated. As we talk about living an unexplainable life, and as we look at the life of Elijah and Elijah, we've seen these really unexplainable events in their lives, like the ways that normal people have been used by God in extraordinary ways. And the premise of this entire sermon series is that you can be used those ways too. You can be used those ways too. And so what I want to look at today is to kind of clarify this understanding of the spirit of Elijah. Um, if you grew up, I don't know if any of you grew up in like a Pentecostal background, but if you grew up in a Pentecostal background, what you'll find is that this phrase, the spirit of Elijah, is used over and over for like this special anointing that you would have on your, your life. It's something unique, right? If you grew up in a Baptist church, you've never talked about the spirit of Elijah, not, not once in your uh, life. If you didn't grow up in church, you think this is just weird altogether. Really, the Christian faith is a very reasonable faith, but... It's impossible to be a Christian without a supernatural spiritual faith. I'm going to switch over because you good with me switching? Okay. I hear a ring. Chest. My ears were ringing. Did you hear that? 
It's just, okay. So there is a, uh, there is a, a clear pattern in the scripture that Christian faith is spiritual, is supernatural. And that's what we need to, we need to wade through today. And so may, let me make just a couple of observations. One, just beginning by asking and answering the question, what or who is the spirit of Elijah? So we get this Malachi chapter 4 prophecy that we just read that, that points out the great day of the Lord. And it says, before this great day of the Lord, when everything will change, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Now, what's the problem with that? Elijah's already gone to heaven. We, we talked about that last week. Elijah's already gone to heaven. Now we get a passage of scripture that says, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So who or what is the spirit of Elijah? What is this prophet Elijah that's going to be sent back? Well, Jesus answers the question and clarifies uh, the answer to this question. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 13 to 15, it says, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so Jesus is saying, Hey, the spirit of Elijah, the, the, the Elijah that was prophesied that is to come, is actually John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist is the one who, in the wilderness, was baptizing people for the repentance of sin. And when Jesus showed up, said, there's the Lamb of God. There's the one that changes everything. Okay? So Jesus says, hey, John the Baptist is the one that was sent. That is in the spirit of Elisha. So how many of you know John the Baptist was not Baptist? Everybody understands that, right? He was Jewish. He was a cousin of Jesus. And he was uh, unique in a way. In fact, we find out just like Elijah was set apart and used by God in miraculous ways, John the Baptist was set apart for a specific work and the purpose of God. So in Luke chapter 1, 13 to 17, we'll just kind of read more of what we read just a second ago about John the Baptist. It says, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, this is John's father, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You shall call his name John and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So from the womb... John the Baptist is set apart for a particular work, for a particular purpose, and it's unexplainable. It's to point out the one who would change everything, Jesus. Now, it's interesting that it says no strong wine or drink. Did anybody pick up on that? Like, you, his whole life. This guy lives in a country where, like, you have wine at least every Shabbat. It's flowing. He's not going to have any. Why? Because this makes him stick out. It's actually a Nazarite vow from Leviticus. And so he's being set apart from something, uh, for something very, very, very important. Now, 
I'm, I'm thinking to myself as I read this, I think you're, you must be thinking to yourself as you look at these passages of Scripture and these two guys, Elijah and John the Baptist, they're special men with unique callings, Elijah to prophesy and to work miracles, John the Baptist to proclaim and to prepare the way of the Lord. Both of them are working to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. This is a picture, that statement is a picture of restoration and repentance, right? It's turning people back to God, turning families back together in God, generations back together aligned with God. So both these guys, Elijah and John the Baptist, are set apart to live this unexplainable life. And the spirit of Elijah... I'll ne- I will never forget seeing on TV one time when I was a kid, I was, uh, I was just looking through channels. And I do this because back then, kids, we had to like, <coughs> and uh, there was a, a, a Christian channel here in Houston. And uh, this uh, guy had a coat, I won't name his name, and he did this and he slayed someone in the spirit of Elijah. And I was like, wow, what is that spirit of Elijah thing, right? The spirit of Elijah that is talked about in the scripture is just a tangible expression of the person and power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people. It's just a tangible expression. When he says he's going to come in the spirit of Elijah for the people of Israel, they knew Elijah. They knew the, the prophets, the story of the 400 uh, prophets of Baal and Mount Carmel. When they see things like that, This is a tangible expression of the Holy Spirit. And they would know, like, oh, that's a lot like what happened with Elijah. This is is the Holy Spirit. It is the tangible expression of the person and power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people. And again, I mean, we have to say to our, I, I do, you do. But Elijah and John the Baptist are like biblical heroes of epic proportion. Of course, they're living unexplainable lives. He chose them. I'm not like that. But you are, according to the scripture. I'll just remind you that you too are set apart and empowered. Ephesians chapter 1, 3 to 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. Look, God prepared, made Elijah and prepared him for the good works he would do. He made John the baptizer, not the, not the Southern Baptist, the baptizer. It's, if you don't walk away with anything, walk away with that. He made him for a purpose, right? He set him apart for a purpose. He does the same thing in the life of every believer. So who or what is the spirit of Elijah? It is the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the second thing that we learn is that the scripture promises us the Holy Spirit. The scripture promises every follower of Jesus the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spiritual, tangible expression of God that dwells inside every follower of Jesus. Now, let me just read some scripture. I think it's important to reconnect with these things. 
or to connect maybe for the first time. John chapter 14, 15 to 17, Jesus was saying to his disciples, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus is saying to those disciples, when I'm crucified, when I'm raised, when I'm ascended to heaven and I'm gone, I will send you a helper, the spirit of truth, to be with you. In other words, I'm not going to leave you alone, but I'm going to put my very spirit inside of you. Listen to John chapter 14, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance, bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Can you imagine if you were one of the disciples? And Jesus was going away, and you've had three years of training with him. And he says, okay, now uh, I just need you to do one thing, really. Go make disciples of all nations. Simple for, you know, a few guys from Galilee, a few women that were following Jesus around from Galilee. Go to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Take this movement, this message, this gospel to the uttermost parts of the, uh, to the earth. Can you imagine what that would have been like? Like, I think I'm going to forget what he said. He said so much. How can we remember everything? What if we encounter something we haven't encountered before? What are we going to do? How are we going to stand before people in the uttermost parts of the earth? We don't even speak their language. We don't have power or authority or influence in their life. How are we going to do this? But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Have you ever wondered, you know, how am I? going to actually share the message of Jesus Christ with somebody else? What are they going to think? How will they respond? Do I have that kind of relationship or influence with them? But listen, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. What if I don't know how to answer a question? What if I don't have all the information? But the helper, the Holy Spirit, See, he was given to us that we might walk with him and live this unexplainable life. And Jesus does this on purpose. It's intentional. Listen to John chapter 16, 7 to 15. Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. In other words, it's better for you if I leave. If you're the disciples originally, you're thinking, what in the world? Three years You're my Lord. You're my master. I love you. You've taught me everything I know. I'm dependent on you. I have faith in you. It's better for me, better for you if I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. 
When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So it's better for followers of Jesus if Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father and sends the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is going to do the work in the world to make ready the harvest. He's going to do the work in the world that's going to allow us to walk in power and authority and influence, even as servants, even as the least of these in the world, to share this gospel message so that people would have hope and know who God is. Ephesians chapter 1, 13 and 14. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So when we were saved, we were in Christ, we confessed him as Savior and Lord. We were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who guarantees our, our glorification, our inheritance, life eternal, our place in heaven. He's the one that does all that work. So the Christian faith is very, very reasonable. But you cannot separate it from the very, very spiritual. Because the entire thing, the entire walk with Christ is to walk in the power of the Spirit in which he gave us. So that would just mean this then. We're talking about the Spirit of Elijah, the power of the Spirit of Elijah. That's the Holy Spirit. The unexplainable life then is lived in step with the Holy Spirit. The unexplainable life is lived in step with the Holy Spirit. More scripture, I think it speaks. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the unexplainable life, if I'm following Jesus' words right, the unexplainable life is lived in step with the Holy Spirit is characterized by unexplainable power. Now you may feel powerless. But what we learn here is that in Christ, when the Holy Spirit has come upon us, we receive power. I don't know if we believe that. But the scripture says we have received it. Well, like what kind of power, like who, what authority is giving you that? Well, Jesus said, catch this, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So the one who said, I have all authority and proved it by his resurrection, is the one who is saying to you, you can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. So the faith should be reasonable. You should be able to look at this text and understand how it was put together and connect the dots of geography and archaeology and history and logic for that matter. But also it is intensely spiritual. 
You cannot make the Christian faith only intellectual because it's meant to be lived out in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's when life becomes unexplainable. Dependence, utter dependence, and unexplainable power from the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 15, verse 13, Paul said, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So if I get this right, then if I'm following the scripture, the unexplainable life lived in step with the Holy Spirit is characterized by unexplainable hope. Unexplainable hope. You may feel hopeless. According to the scripture, the one who has all authority has given you the Holy Spirit that you can abound in hope. Now, I have this like privilege as a pastor to sit with people from time to time who are going through unimaginable things. The kind of deep suffering that seems like it would render you hopeless. And yet, though they're sad, though they're weak, they have hope. Why? It's the Holy Spirit inside of them. There's no other way to explain that. I can tell you from doing lots of funerals, if there is a family that does a funeral and it's devoid of Jesus, devoid of the Holy Spirit, there is dread in the room at that funeral. Utter dread. You've probably been to one. You can feel it. But when you gather around a, a saint that has gone on to be with God, someone who walks with Jesus, they died. And they went to heaven, and the families gathered around, and they know Jesus. It's, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'm not exaggerating. It is sad. There are tears shed. But there is also laughing. There is also hugging. There is also like this big family reunion. And there's hope. Why? It's because of the power of the Holy Spirit even in the, in the moment of, of death, right? There's hope, so much hope. And so the unexplainable life is lived with an unexplainable power. It, it has an unexplainable hope. And we find that it has an unexplainable inner strength. Now, listen to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Lord, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the spirit, through his spirit in your inner being. May the Holy Spirit yields in us inner strength that is unexplainable. I know many of you probably have known somebody that you, you thought to yourself, if I had to go through that, I don't know what I would I don't know what I would do. I don't know how to handle that. Well, that, that same person that's going through something horrible probably would have said that too. But there's something about what the Holy Spirit does when you're going through the deepest, darkest parts of life. That he just meets you there. And while it's still suffering and it's still sad and it's still broken, 
You have an inner strength enough for the day. And then you have it again the next day. And then the next day, one day at a time. Why? Because he strengthens us in our inner beings. How is it that people choose not to deny Christ in the face of their own death and instead choose martyrdom? It is the inner strength given to us by the Holy Spirit. You think, I couldn't do that. But as a follower of Christ, if you found yourself in that moment, the Holy Spirit will meet you there. In every walk of life, the Holy Spirit is, did you hear how many times in the scripture the Holy Spirit is called helper, 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 big capital H in English? He's the one, he's the person who helps, who guides, who gives us this inner strength, this, uh, this, this hope that continues when it seems hopeless, this power that pushes through when it seems powerless. This is the unexplainable life lived in step with the Holy Spirit. That's a mouthful, right? I mean, you think about, okay, we went from the spirit of Elijah to Pentecostals to John the Baptist isn't Baptist to we have to live an unexplainable life empowered by the Holy Spirit that is full of unexplainable power, unexplainable hope, unexplainable inner strength. Angela and I could tell you that we have had seasons in our life where we felt like we had no strength, no power, no hope. No strength, no power, no hope. There are probably other people in this room that can tell you they lived through moments and times in their life where they felt like they had no strength, no power, no hope. Yet, even in the fetal position, in tears, crying out to God, we found hope enough for the day. We found enough power to make it through. We found inner strength that we didn't know we had. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. And so how do you respond to all that? I mean, that's a, it's a foreign concept. It's easy to get the intellectual content. It's hard to say, how do I stay in step with the Spirit? Like, how should I respond to that? What should I do? We're going to go back to this very familiar place that I think is, is the crux of all of it when it comes to practical, the practical nature of things. The response to the Holy Spirit, to a message about the Holy Spirit, to to a life, uh, trying to live a life that's unexplainable, to have unexplainable power, unexplainable hope, unexplainable inner strength. The response, take take your hands and just put them in front of you like this and just like open them wide. Let go. Let go. And then you hear and you obey. There is a direct, I'm telling you, there is a direct correlation in the scriptures between people that hear and obey God simply and walk in him and the experience they have in the power of the Holy Spirit. So listen to Acts chapter 5, verse 32. It says, and we are witnesses to these things, 
and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. To those who obey him. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. But I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Galatians 5.25. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Now that, that Galatians 5 passes a whole, uh, an, entire, an, an entire sermon in and of itself. But I want you to go back to these open hands that are in front of you. When things get hard, the tendency is to control, to medicate any way you know how. That's explainable. That's an explainable life right there. Very explainable to try to control your situation when things are impossible, hurtful, wounding. It's when you tend to isolate, pull away from people, try to fix your situation on your own. If it's too painful, you start to medicate with all kinds of stuff. That's very explainable. Very explainable. The unexplainable life that, that walks in the power of the Holy Spirit, it, instead of trying to control and hold on tight, it, it just kind of does this daily. It doesn't wait until life gets really hard to do this. So what does, it, what does it mean to open your hands like that? Listen, the most humili- humbling thing you can do before God daily, when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it, is to sit before him, to pray, to read his word, and to obey what he says to you. That is the unexplainable life. It's unexplainable. And when you get to those situations that are impossible, chaotic, cataclysmic, you continue to start that day like this with your hands open. You ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you read his word. And you walk it out. It's simple and profound all at the same time. And and. and I, I want to use this term nobody in a very general way, but it seems like in the West, like nobody gets it. And in a particular section of the Christian church in the West, we are averse to the Holy Spirit. Jesus thought his disciples and all that would come from him needed a helper. And being the son of God and the creator of the universe and the one who designed you and me, he knows. He knows. And that's humbling. That makes us very small. He knows. We need the Holy Spirit. And if you just cross this, like, cross this line where you also know you do, and it, it brings you to a place of, like, okay, I'm just going to submit 
one day at a time, open my hands, pray however I, I know to pray. You know, you can talk to God just like you talk. You don't have to, like, get all seminary and just talk to God. Tell him everything that frustrates you and that you're angry about and that hurts and all the things you're glad about. And all, all, just tell him. And then ask, though. Ask his Holy Spirit to speak to you as you read his word. Ask him for that. Like, would you just, by your spirit, speak to me? So this isn't like words on a page, but I hear you talking to me as I read. And he will. And then it's very clear in the scripture that he will do that. A problem is like most people just never sit in it daily. And I know you think, you said this, Pastor Brian, if you've been here since I look like that kid up there, wherever you, whoever that guy was. If you've been here since then, you've heard that a million times. A million times. And if you stay here for a long, a long time, you're going to hear it six million more. Because I know that little bit of submission and humility and hearing and obeying, that is where we access the very spirit of God and how we learn to walk in him. That's what you need. A lot of times people will ask me like, hey, do you have a good book that I can study to, you know, learn more about God? I'm like, and there are a lot of good books written by a lot of good people. How about just like the Bible? Let's just go there. Let's just go straight to God's word, his mouth, the things that he speaks. If you're like, okay, I'd love to do it. I don't even know where to start. There's two places I think are amazing. One is the book of Psalms, right? I'm telling you, if you're going through something, just start reading Psalms because the writers of Psalms, they go through a lot and they write it all down. You're going to hear from the Lord. John, the book of John, he was the one that was telling you all about the helper, the Holy Spirit today. Just take a chapter, a few verses a day. I don't care how much. Uh, how many of you, uh, you know, you try to read the whole Bible in a year and you start on January 1 and by January 4 you're behind and then uh, and you give up? Maybe don't try to read the whole Bible in a year. Try to read John in a month. Start there. And ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. He will. He will. But sit in it every day. And I, I do this. Like if you, I like to get low. Like sit in your floor if you have to. It's humbling. And open your hands just like we did today. And like, Lord, speak to me. I need to walk in step with your spirit today. And do it on normal days when nothing bad is really happening. Do it on the great days when you feel like you have the world by the tail. And do it in the sackcloth and ashes when everything is going wrong. Because all that's coming. You know, God is the same through it all. He will speak, 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 speak. So you can walk in the, the spirit of Elijah 
because it's the Holy Spirit given to each one who follows Jesus, right? Would you bow your head and close your eyes and just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Father, we're really grateful, people, really grateful that you sent your son. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us, for giving yourself for us. Thank you for ascending to a place of authority. Thank you for sending your spirit, the helper. God, we pray right now as your people, would you help us not only to understand that we're sealed by your spirit, but help us to access a relationship with your spirit every day. Help us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, not in the flesh. And give us um, ears to hear and eyes to see all the, the ways that you're at work around us every day and, and guide us by your spirit to join you in it. Give us discernment that comes from your spirit. We pray for that unexplainable power, that unexplainable hope, that unexplainable inner strength. And God, for my brothers and sisters, my friends and family that right now feel powerless and hopeless and weak, would you just meet them right where you are and grace them with your spirit? Let them sense your presence with them. Comfort them. Be their helper. Be their guide. We love you so much. We're so thankful for your word and for the gift of your spirit. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen.